All right, all right, all right. The Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Podcast 2.0. We have some regulars here, some Tennessee homers today for another Tennessee week. We've got Chris Collette and your Kingsport homer, Clore Boyd, right here. Uh, Chris, how's it going this week? Another uh, big uh, big game for the Vols this week, but uh, how's your week going? Uh, my week's going good. My week's going good. I flirted with the Chinese again. Uh, ended up with a steak dinner and uh, a, wow, that's way over a budget. Uh, I don't know that we can afford you. And I'm like, perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. So For those... For those that don't know, Chris got to do what we all want to do in life, which is go to a dinner that you know is not going to go anywhere, and you're not paying, and you can eat whatever you want. That's a, that's a goal right there. That is so, a goal. Uh, we've had a good week here, but everybody's getting ready for Knoxville Saturday night at 7 o'clock. So, Chris, let's start it out. Of course, we're some Vols homers here down in the uh, – the movie room that got the curse broken for the Alabama game right now. You can turn this around. You can look at the uh, Vols memorabilia on the wall. Uh, we got it all. But, uh, hey, Vols, 7 o'clock Saturday night against the hated Kentucky Wildcats. The big blue coming to town. What do you got? Um, so, I saw where the Vols are wearing black helmets this year, which is uh, a changeup from the first time we met each other in 2009. So we can wore. go down that rabbit hole if you'd like real I quick. was going to go down that rabbit hole real fast. For it those that deep. don't know, yeah. First time we met each other was 2009. Was it Vols, South Carolina? Vols, South Carolina. It was the first black uniform game. It was Lane Kiffin's one and only year. It was a Halloween game. There was much reveling before the game. Uh, I think I left at halftime. It was rainy. It was uh, We won. Uh, I remember it was a fairly close game, but not much else was remembered for that night, but we had a good time. I think uh, maybe you came to our pregame, and uh, I don't remember meeting you, but uh, we we uh, kicked off a, a good friendship there in 2009, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't remember meeting you either. I know Cole was actually at the game with me. Uh, me and him went to some tailgate he had a hookup to and drank entirely too much uh, prior to the game. We sat up top uh, with a bunch of South Carolina fans. I'm pretty sure that was the year Ryan suck up. If it's the game I'm thinking about missed a field goal that would have either sent it to overtime or maybe an overtime kick. I can't remember. Uh, he missed it. Vols won. South Carolina fans were miserable around me, around myself and Cole because we were the two drunk fans, just extremely obnoxious. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the black uniforms. They look good on Twitter and that little 18 second video of uh, fall Twitter posted uh and yeah i think i think good things are going to happen in rocky top on saturday i was black black unis are uh you know in any kind of gimmick unis are always good when you're good they're never yes. good when you're bad so I'm, I'm glad they're doing it when we're on a roll agree i was a little nervous because i know there's some bad weather coming in this weekend but it looks like it's waiting until sunday to get to knoxville so uh so Here's the dichotomy of South Carolina uh, games. Well, uh, um, you know, we we met each other, I guess, at that one. That was 2009. I, it had to have been close to 2019 when we went back to a South oh. Carolina game. And uh, oh. we sat we, in the we lower lowers. Bowl. Lower end zone. 
for $10 a ticket. Now, if we tried to go to an October game right now in Neyland, it doesn't matter if they're playing Tennessee Martin. I know some tickets were going for $200 last week for that game, which was a complete blowout. So, uh, yeah, the tides, it's a sea change, man, in Neyland right now. But um, the Kentucky game, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, they're, uh, they, uh, Stoops has made them so much better than they were, you know, all throughout the 90s and the early 2000s you know, to where they're at least a competitor now. And um, I, I kind of feel like South Carolina has taken their place as like the uh, second worst of Andy, you know. But um, it's it always scares me when there's a good team coming in. You know, I do think that we are able just to outscore them this year. But um, what do you think as far as the game? I know the quarterback, there's questions for Kentucky. So mm. you know a little bit more than me. Talk about yeah. the game itself. Uh, good old Levi Strauss at quarterback for Kentucky. Um, he's – I keep seeing these mocks where he's in the first round. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a former Kentucky quarterback. Uh, I think his name is Andre Woodson or something Woodson. Do you remember, I do remember him? Woodson. I do remember him. I think he had a first-round projection uh, going into his junior or senior year. I can't remember which one. And uh, he ended up going maybe undrafted. I'm not real sure. Uh, and Levis, I think he leads the SEC in interceptions. Not 100% sure on that, but I saw that on Twitter or something uh, talking about good quarterbacks don't lead the, lead their conference in interceptions. Uh, his touchdowns are not, not a lot. Uh, when watching him play, I just don't see NFL quarterback. Like there's nothing about him that I'm like, Wow, that guy could be a good quarterback. I mean, he's uh, he has a big arm. Uh, he's he's a big physical quarterback. But as far as when I watch him play, th there's nothing that really stands out. Going, wow, this guy's good. Uh, and I think it's. I mean, it's another thing. Uh, we're both saying Tennessee's going to outscore Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky has a supposedly first round quarterback. If you have a first round quarterback, that shouldn't be the case. Uh, I do. Th I don't. I don't really know what to do on this game. If you, if you like Kentucky, I think you kind of do the same game parlay and take Kentucky plus 12 and then take the over of 61 because Tennessee is going to score. So it's just a matter of can Kentucky score with them. So if you think Kentucky has a chance, the over looks pretty nice at 61 points. Uh, saw where Cedric Tillman's supposed to play. Uh, helps out the wide receiver core. Hopefully he's healthy. I mean, if he's not healthy, he's out there limping. I, I think he could hurt the Vols because – their current receivers, Hyatt, uh, Keaton, uh, the rest of the bunch, they're, they look pretty good. Uh, so hopefully Tillman is healthy. Uh, saw where McCullough got cleared by some kind of independent board to uh, return to practice and play Saturday. That was kind of expected whenever the charges were sketchy at best whenever it first came out. And uh, the more details you heard, you're like, yeah, that's not sticking. So. And there's no point in taking a chance because Alabama was too soon for to clear him. UT Martin, there's no point in clearing him for that point. So you kind of knew that was coming at some point this week. So uh, I'm going to take the Vols. I, I think I'll take the over uh, 61. I don't. I don't think that's a high number because if Tennessee puts up 49, I mean, hell, you only need what 12 more points from Kentucky. The over would be my bet if I was a gambling man. So when you're listing the receivers, you forgot Brew. That's oh, Brew favorite, McCoy. Uh, that's my favorite Brew. And then everybody says Brew, and it sounds like a big boo, and that's so original. 
I love it. So original. Uh, I forgot about Peru. Uh, yeah. He's having a good year. He's but the, solid. Uh, um, I don't, it's it's going to be fun on Saturday. Seven o'clock games are always good. Um, it's, it's the first night game we've had in a while. Yeah, I remember Ole Miss last year was a night game, and we all know how that ended. So, um, <laughs> funny story about that Ole Miss game. I took my 10-year-old at the time, and it didn't end until, you know, 1230-something Father crazy. Of the year, yeah. When it was fourth and 20 million, they didn't get it. We we ducked out. We took off. We were close to an exit. and I didn't even know that stuff happened until we were in the car because uh, it took a half an hour to walk to the car. We turn it on. They're still playing. We left when there was 30 seconds left. So that's when I knew something was awry. That's when all the golf and mustard bottles were. Speaking of Ole Miss, a little sidetrack here. They're playing at Texas A&M, who's having a rough year. Uh, we were talking about getting in lower bowl, a $10 ticket. Uh, that was probably the, was that Butch years? Uh, possibly. Yes. I think it's probably the Butch years there. Maybe Pruitt. I don't, I, I may have been Butch at the very end of his. Um, do you know what the get in price for Ole Miss Texas A&M is Saturday in, in, uh, in, in Lubbock. No, not Lubbock. That's Texas Where, tech. Uh, oh, wherever wrong, wrong city. What's, Where is uh, it? What's A and M? Is that the? I'm trying uh, to blank. Uh, Our listeners right now are just going, screaming it at their uh, rate college station. There we go. College station, the twelfth yeah. man. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that doesn't seem like a huge, compelling matchup, but I'll say since you asked it that way, I'll say four hundred dollars. Two dollars. <laughs> Two dollars. Get price. Two dollars. Oh, watch man, a uh, one loss Ole Miss and uh, I guess five loss uh, Texas A&M or four hey, loss. I'd pay, I can't remember which I'd one. Pay th- I'd pay three just to go see Lane. I like him. I, I do funny. too. Anyway, well, I, you know, for the Vols, I'm, I'm just going to pick them because I'm Homer picks, but uh, yeah, I hope that they can do it. Uh, it'd be, it would be a bad loss just because uh, the fact that we're already penciling ourselves into the SEC game. If we can uh, pull it out against well, Georgia, uh, well, Georgia, yeah. No, I'm, here's here's what we're penciling in. We're penciling in probably losing to Georgia, eleven not wins, mattering, and it not mattering because we yeah. can still go to the playoff. So, if if Kentucky beats us, all that shattered. But you know, we're doing great anyway. It's kind of house money at this point. Except this game does seem like it's one we should definitely win. Uh, but what's well, what's surprising is uh, Tennessee's had a lot more success over Kentucky than they have Vanderbilt in the last twelve years, which is uh, very shocking because Kentucky's been good. Stoops kind of turned them around, and they've been a competitive football team. And they beat us once, correct, or twice? I can't remember. I try to forget it's, those I think it's, games. <laughs> I believe it's twice, and I think Vandy's three times, right? I was thinking Vandy was more like five, and Kentucky was three, but I don't uh, know that for I'm, sure. I could be completely wrong on my facts. It's great to be that way on a sports podcast. But uh, <laughs> I, the when you talked about Kentucky, you're talking about projections and the first-round picks. That's what scares me with them. It's like, if, if this guy has the projected talent and this huge gun of an arm, what if he puts it together for one night in Neyland? And then it's just, you know, that could happen. I mean, it's college football. Anything could happen. So since 2011, three times. uh one of those games, oh man, 2011, 10 to 7. Tyler Bray <laughs> had to be the quarterback that year. Logan will be so happy that I said we've only lost to him once. <laughs> he was supposed to be on here, so he, he could have brought the facts. 
Uh, well, anyway, we're we're looking forward to it. Tennessee, right now, the work environment in East Tennessee is just fun because everybody's uh, just talking about the Vols all the time. It's a it's a good time to be a Vol fan. Um, so let's transition here a little bit. We've got NFL tonight on the TV. We've got uh, some different things going on with the World Series and stuff, but we're just going to bring you a little chug, sip, and pour, a favorite segment uh, brought to you this week by um, State Farm. Uh, Jake, bringing it to you. We're um, so, a nationwide we, guy. I don't know. My son has a uh, knack for uh, dressing like insurance spokespersons for uh, Halloween. So he was Jake from State Farm one year. And uh, this year, of course, you saw him the other day. It was uh, Doug from Liberty Mutual. That was a fun one. But oh, Liberty we Mutual. Go. That's that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Here we go with the first chug sip report. We're going okay. to keep it in college football right now with all the stuff going on. Tennessee's got an eight million dollar guy coming in that he's not even graduated high school yet. This big money being thrown around. There's lots of talks of changes. Lots of talks of the NCAA. Chug Sipper Poor, in five years, the NCAA is still the top college football entity. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip this one. Uh, just because, If it wasn't for college presidents, I think I would pour it out. I think the power, I think the ADs would love, especially the Power Five uh, schools, those ADs would love to get away from the NCAA and kind of do their own thing, make their own rules. Because uh, the NCAA, I, I don't know what they bring to the table. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't tell you what they bring to the table. Uh, but college presidents, tradition matters, that kind of thing. They, they Whatever's working now, uh, they're making money. So I don't think they want to change anything up. So because of that, I'll sip it, but it wouldn't shock me if the power five schools, it really would turn into about a power four. You'd have about four quadrants of 16 teams. Uh, I could see that working. I just, uh, it'd be fun if it worked that way and you had a relegation. So Vanderbilt, uh, would get relegated pretty fast. That'd be a lot of fun. Relegation would be huge fun in college football, especially in the South. It would be, it would be, it would be very popular too. It would be like, people would love it. I think. But the, with all the talk of the Power Five, you know, how many schools are in that? Is it? Uh, You're about 80. Per, about 80, roughly. Yes. There's always been this Maybe talk, less. and this has been going on since the college football playoffs started. Of it may be 60. Group, yeah. Maybe 60. That group breaking off, doing their own thing, breaking off from the NCAA. I guess when you ask if they're, what do they bring to the table at all? I guess it's just infrastructure and it's just, you know, we can, we can make this happen. We got the, the tools and the resources, but that's about it. And, and what really does, you know, what do they bring to the table in that regard? So all that being said, unfortunately, big giant uh, corporations that like to make a lot of money seem to keep their hand in the money pot. And so I will uh, chug this, that they're still going to be, in the mix somehow i don't know what it's going to be it could look totally different but i think the ncaa is kind of ingrained uh as long as all these um you know as long as the colleges are involved so unless it breaks off to some type of minor league i think the ncaa is 
specifically going to be involved when the schools are. Yeah. All right. Chris, My turn? What you got for Chugs? Okay. Uh, I'm sitting here watching the Ravens-Bucks game. Um, Chug Sipper Poor, Lamar Jackson being the starting quarterback for the Ravens week one next year. So uh, the first thing that pops into my mind is injuries. And uh, I'll just have to pour it because anytime I'm talking about Lamar, I'm worried that he's going to get hurt just because of the way he plays. I know he's gotten a lot less uh, – he's passing a lot more. He, I know he is. He's not running as reckless as he once did. But it's still just such a part of his game that um, I would worry about it and I would uh, uh, chug that. Wait, do I pour that? Wait, I, I'm I'm confused on the question, but I don't I don't I would not bet on him starting. Uh, I'm I'm confused by the situation because I feel like the Ravens would have signed him by now if they were going to sign him. I don't know what's taken so long. Uh, you see Kyler Murray's contract. You see Russell Wilson's contract. Uh, 250 guaranteed is probably what it's going to take to sign him. I don't know why the Ravens are so hesitant because uh, he looks pretty good. He he, he looks really good. Uh, he's having a good year. Uh, you take him off the Ravens, they're a very, very, very ordinary team. Uh, very ordinary. So unless they're just wanting to go cheap quarterback and just uh, kind of tank for the 2024 draft, uh, something I don't see a John Harbaugh-led team doing. Uh, I I think I'm going to have to chug that he'll be the quarterback. I don't know. Sip, I'll sip that he's the quarterback. Uh, I'll just do the sip because I don't know. I could see him trading him because so, so, I mean, if your team, I mean, we we looked, did it in the group chat the other day. There's like 16 NFL teams that have somewhat of a question mark at quarterback going into next year. Uh, I mean. Is three first-round picks plus a couple more? Is that enough to get him? I don't know. So I don't know the answer to that either. But uh, to show you how much I know about football, my mind went to injuries, and you're on the more relevant current event of him having a contract dispute. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, why don't you give us one more? You got another chug sipper pool. Uh, why we're watching the same game. Uh, let's go Tom Brady. I uh, saw on Twitter where his wife supposedly gave him an ultimatum. Uh, it's the Tampa Bay Bucks or me. Make your, make your pick. Uh, they lose tonight. It's three in a row. So chug sipper poor. Tom Brady finishing out the season in Tampa. Mm, that's a that's a fun one I, where where it's just so when you take the personal life into account i'll have to sip it because it's so un uh, uncontrollable i guess well i guess it's not uncontrollable it's just unpredictable so that's where i don't know what's going on with tom brady he's got that quote this week of trying to be like he's in deployment and you know just weird stuff i think he's just uh i think he might be a narcissist i don't know I wish Hickman was on for this one. <laughs> uh, it'd be it'd be classic, but I'll have to sip it because who knows with Brady? And I mean, he's you got to respect the deal of how old he is and how he's still playing at a high level. But uh, it's just kind of gotten to his head. It seems like I don't know. It's just weird now. I I agree with that. Uh, I mean, the good thing for him, he's an an awful like. I think the AFC South might be the worst division in football. The NFC South's just as bad. I think the Bucks have a losing record and are in first place. Is that 
Sound yeah, right? And, I mean, look at the Saints. It's uh, 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 it's it's hard to even watch that team. I mean, the Panthers just traded uh, McCaffrey, and I think they're a game back right now. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's bad a- division. So, because of that, I mean, I think he holds on. Uh, because if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, so I think he could uh, kind of potentially see that and go for that, but. Uh, it's an awful division. Uh, yeah, it's three and four, three and four, two and five, two and five. Uh, no team in the division has a positive point differential. Uh, that that's a bad one. That's pretty rough. That's like some early two thousands NFC East and some you know recent AFC South. That's some stuff. A rough. So stuff so this is actually a really good trivia question for you, Boyd. Uh, it's it's related to the South divisions. Which I already told you, no NFC South team does. So between the AFC and NFC, it has to be an AFC South team. Uh, which team has a positive point differential this year? Positive point differential in the AFC South. I'm going to go with the uh, answer that would I would have never guessed before the season, but is it the Jags? It is the Jags. All right. Yeah. Uh, I know they're playing a little bit better. I haven't really watched them at all, to be honest. So yeah. I don't know about the QB, but, you know, he had the Peyton Manning hype coming out. What he do you did. think of him right now? Uh, I would say he's not as good as I was expecting him to be. I uh, still think he's better than a league average quarterback. Uh, his floor is probably league average uh, quarterback. His ceiling is. Uh, the right mix of talent and uh, play caller kind of thing. So, I think it's. I think it's. We've seen enough to know that he's at least average, uh, and I think a lot of teams in the NFL would take that. But yeah, they're yeah. they're plus eighteen. Uh, the Titans, who are in first place in that division, by uh, only by game over the Colts. Really, two because of the uh, the Titans uh, beat the Colts twice, so they get the tiebreaker. Uh, Titans are minus thirteen on the year. The Titans are not good. <laughs> Sounds like they need to uh, call Andrew Luck or something. Oh, man. I, I saw where ever since Andrew Luck announced his retirement, the Colts have paid $145 million for their quarterbacks since then. That's fantastic. It and was, I can't name probably like one of them, you know. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's Matt Ryan. Last year was Carson Wentz. Uh, Phillip Rivers. Yeah, uh, that's a- podcast favorite to Kobe Brisket. All right. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. A who's who of NFL yeah. quarterbacks. So, you get, um, you get another Chuck well, Zipperpour? Yeah, I got one more. We can okay. end it on a silly one. But uh, so, you know, my fandom, and you can turn this around in the movie room. The old oh. Tim Duncan poster, Chuck Zipperpour, Tim Duncan as the greatest. Power forward of all time. Oh, Carlos Malone uh, really stands out as a possibility Carlos there. Carlos Malone. Let's tell the Carlos Malone story real quick. Go for so, it, Boyd. I wasn't even there, but I remember oh. I got there the next day, and it was the first thing everyone had to tell me. And they were all laughing about Carlos Malone. I said, who's Carlos Malone? And they said, well, we got into playing the uh, – some trivia or something. And this 
kind of question came up. It's who, who are we talking about? We're, you know, the greats and it's, you know, you're listening out Kevin Garnett and Duncan and one of your friends, Chris Comer, Comer Chris Comer, Comer. That's his name. There we go. Shout out podcast friend, uh, yelled out, you know, stop the whole thing. Say, what about Carlos Malone? And, uh, apparently everybody laughed uproariously about Carlos Malone for the whole weekend. Yeah. Best power forward. Um, could I could I make LeBron play power forward? Because that's probably his position he should play. Sure. And this can be, uh, this can be a position discussion too. Oh man. Uh the Lakers are shooting twenty six percent from three this year. Two thousand twenty two. A team shoots twenty six percent from three. That's that's amazing. Um, here's, here's, I'll, I'll answer first. Yeah, go say, first. As go a, first. As a super fan, yeah, I'll still probably have to say soup because I do think he's one of the greats, but he probably was a center in, in all honesty. And he, he definitely was the last like five or six years of his career. So I will say sip, but I still think he's probably a top 10, 15 player of all time. Yeah. I mean, he had a great situation. I mean, he got drafted uh, David Robinson, Popovich, his whole career, uh, the Tony Parker, Manu. Uh, he was, he he was on some good teams. Uh, the 2014 team, I think it's 2014. Uh, the beautiful game. The beautiful game. That was uh phenomenal. Ba- I, I think I'll sip it too. Uh, as far as watching him, it, there, there was something beautiful about the, uh, 16 foot bank shot that was just automatic uh his beef with joey crawford uh love that one oh joey he got tossed from a game for laughing on the sideline uh, uh yeah i i think i would sip it uh in that era i think kevin garnett was my favorite to favorite power forward uh had a real soft spot for that guy he loved that 20 foot jump shot about <laughs> one whole step in front of the three-point line. Uh, that was his money spot, top of the so key. I'll, I'll tell you what my all-time favorite NBA hypothetical is, or one of them at least. Ooh, There's a lot ooh. of them. But Rasheed Wallace, if he had... Ooh, good. He, tenth, I loved him, yeah. A tenth of the you know, Kevin Garnett, work effort. Kevin Garnett, dog in him? Know, yeah, or, the, or just the, the attitude or whatever it was. And, you know, he... I don't think he really loved playing basketball, you know, but he was amazing. He, he I, could shoot the threes. Like, he was a long-distance shooter on the Blazers well before that was even a thing, you know. And uh, he was just awesome. He would tear Garnett and Duncan up sometimes in the playoffs with the Blazers and uh, just go kind of quietly into the night. Some some games, though, he'd pull up and he would just be disastrous. And uh, that was the difference, you know. Another power forward I loved back in the day, uh, my high school days growing up, I was a huge Kings fan. It was Kings or Lakers, uh, quite the rivalry. I was a huge Kings fan. Uh, so Chris Webber, I feel like if if that knee was healthy. Uh, thought you were going to say Chris Pollard. Uh, that was Mark. Was that, who was that? Or wasn't it the Chris Pollard? Is that his name? Who am no. I thinking of? Uh, Scott? Uh, was Scott, it Scott, Scott Pollard? Scott Pollard. That's yeah, it. Kansas Jayhawk. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I love the Kings teams. Uh, Chris Weber, he was spe- like he, he. I mean, he beat the he beat the Lakers, and then the refs screwed him over pretty bad. Uh, that was a rough one. You need was, to watch the Donaghy um, documentary on Netflix. Uh, I still haven't watched that one. Good stuff. Fun stuff in the NBA. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
We I can, love talking uh, NBA. Old NBA. We can always fun. chat up some '90s NBA. See how it devolves into Rasheed Wallace talk. All, all my talks usually go to Tracy McGrady, but um, oh, can, <laughs> that's fuck. for another day. Group me uh, favorite Tracy McGrady. We'll, we'll, we'll give two hours to that one next time. But the well, Chris, this has been fun. We'll uh, it has been. We'll see us. We'll see us Saturday night. Go balls. Seven o'clock. GBL. Yes. And uh, let's let's give us that tagline, Chris. If you drink, don't drive. Do the watermelon crawl.